The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Pharrell has taken over. Let's go. It's Pharrell. Coast to coast. Stakes, chicks, stacks. You and I are going to make a lot of money. It's Pharrell Coast to Coast. All right, Pharrell back on Coast to Coast. We start hour two. We bring in uh, Brian Siano Mafia is our uh, UFC uh, expert. And obviously, uh, there's a lot going on uh, besides the Fight Island card on Saturday. Let's start with Conor McGregor. He says he's accepted the fight with Dustin Poirier. All he wants is that they have the fight in 2020. Uh, will that happen? I think so. I think the UFC would be smart to do that because, you know, we just talked about the other day about how that Usman card is falling apart. They're going to push that fight back because he needs more time to recover. So you want a big name for those late, you know, cards that they have. Usually the ones, the last ones of the year, middle, like the first, the last, and the middle ones are the biggest ones usually. So you got that coming up at the end of this year. Why not put him and Poirier there as the main event? You want to throw him out there? You want to have the big name? You want to bring in the pay-per-views? He's one of the guys that does it. He's the best that you have so far. So why not have him on that card? That'd be a great fight to have. So let's say they have the fight. Uh, You and I have discussed this uh, previously. I'm a huge Dustin Poirier fan. I think that uh, he's going to be a different animal altogether for Conor McGregor this time. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, you talk about they fought before. Yeah, they fought before seven years ago. A lot changes in seven years. Obviously, Conor isn't who he was back then. He was just making a name for himself, and he came in there, and Poirier probably took him a little too lightly, thought that this guy's just going to come in and then throw it out with me. Who does he think he is? And got caught. That happens. You know, Poirier has gotten better and better, too, though. Poirier was a guy who's been around for a long time and in the top of that division, but now he's gotten even better. The only guy he is not best in that division so far, really, is Khabib. You know, he did not look good against him every other time. Every other guy they put up there, all these up-and-comers in that division, they've come to him, and he's put him back down in their place. You know, obviously, Ferguson's a guy they're trying to match up to see where they stood. Anybody that's not in that top three or four in that division, he has looked great again. So this is another situation, another test for him, where he comes in here and he's going to put his best against Connor's best, and he just seems to be more well-rounded to me, whether it be, you know, the standing game, he could take the shots, and he's better, I think, moving combinations. Connor's, of course, the power puncher. I think Poirier is a little bit better overall as a striker, but also, you know, he has the grappling. He has the takedowns. I think if he could use that against Connor, he can make him pay and eat, you know, a lot of shots throughout that fight. 
So what's going to happen with Tony Ferguson uh, right now? Like, uh, where does yeah. he stand? Uh, where he stands in a holding pattern right now, and that, at least if he stays in that division. He wants to fight this year, so he's talking about moving up because right now, if you look at it, there's no point in him finding these guys below him because he was supposed to be the guy getting that you know next-in-line shot against Poirier to figure out who's going to face Khabib after Gachi. So now if he goes and goes and fights Hooker or one of these guys below him and he loses, then he loses his spot and he comes back down the hill. You know, he's been waiting forever to fight Khabib. They've tried to put that fight together five times and guys have gotten injured back and forth. He wants that shot, the title, but it doesn't make sense for him to fight someone else and he ends up losing that shot. So maybe he goes up and fights, you know, a fight at the next division so that he still has a chance to keep himself fresh, keep himself sharp. And then if he loses that fight, well, you know, he's just out of his vision. And he comes back down to 155 and gets a shot at the belt, maybe. So right now, the only guys in front of them, Gachi, Poirier, and, uh, of course, Connor, are all talking about fighting each other or Khabib. So he's got to wait and see right now. So why not get a fight elsewhere and just keep himself sharp and ready to go? All right, so uh, first let me tell you the uh, story, and then uh, I'll get your reaction to it. I want to uh, mm-hmm. talk first about this, the positive marijuana tests, right, in the UFC. So mm-hmm. uh, there's a couple, I guess, well, I guess this guy's win was overturned. You'll tell me about it. But the bottom line is, uh, my theory is, why do they uh, get so worked up about marijuana? I mean, honestly, anymore. Like, do you think marijuana should just be, legalized like it is in Nevada, like it is in California, like it is in a lot of states now. Uh, hold that thought. We welcome in our radio affiliates on Sports Grid Radio. Get the Sports Grid Radio app. Go to sportsgridradio.com. Check out Sports Grid Radio overnights. Burrell and Avenge, Sports Rage and Bagels and Bad Beats. We're on Mightier 1090 in San Diego and all of Southern California as well. Do you think that uh, that they should legalize marijuana and stop uh, failing tests over it and guys' careers, like this guy's win is eradicated because of it? Yeah, I've been saying forever, you know, since as long as you know me, we've been talking about how they should just legalize marijuana and not just in a sports sense, in a general sense. The problem is that even though you have states that are legal, like, you know, Colorado, like California, like so many other places throughout the country that are getting with it and say, this is ridiculous, let's legalize it. It is still on a national level illegal. So as far as these fight, you know, organizations, as far as these testing organizations, they can't really go and say, well, you know what? It doesn't bother us. Go ahead and use it because technically it is illegal. It's ridiculous that it is. But it is. That's the way it is right now on the federal level. So they have to, you know, say that you can use it. It sucks because so many guys have had that where you get a nice win, you get a bonus and things like that. And they've had to forfeit those because they test for, you know, not even necessarily being high then, but having metabolites in the system from you know, the past times. And it's such a stupid way to have yourself stripped of a win and money because of something that doesn't help your performance. Let's be honest. If you're jacking up on steroids, if you got weight loss drugs in your system to help you cut weight before that, you know, things like that. Sure. Those are performance-enhancing drugs. Those help you get to a fight or be better in a fight. That has no bearing on your fight whatsoever. It's stupid that it's still legal and that you can't use it, but that's the way it is. The fighters got to you know stay up on it so that they don't have cost themselves in the pocketbook and in the record book. All right, Jones' win over Valiev is overturned. Uh, GDR says if she gets a shot at Nunez, she'll retire if she loses to her on the spot. That's a you know that's very very strong stance to take because honestly. Then she better get her retirement papers ready. Because first of all, she's not getting the next shot against her after Megan Anderson because Holly Holm looked a lot better in her fight. So I think they have to put Holm in there if they're smart. She's higher ranked. She dominated. Uh, GDR won that fight. But if she didn't get that guillotine in, she would have gotten taken down and lost that fight because Payne would have won two out of three with you know her on her back. So she's got to wait as it is and maybe fight some else before she even gets to Nunez. And then if she gets that chance, I just don't see her winning. So get those papers ready to sign. 
Uh, Dana White's sex tape lawsuit dismissed by a Nevada judge. He's probably feeling pretty good about that, that uh, that's not going to get dragged into the courts. All right, Mafia, great stuff. When we come back, Adam Kaplan on the NFL. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn, and most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, for back on Coast to Coast, we welcome in our NFL insider, Adam Kaplan. You can follow him on social media at Adam Kaplan, C-A-P-L-A-N. And uh, Adam, uh, we go back to back on Thursdays and Fridays. We've got a lot to talk about. Why don't we start with the uh, Justin Herbert news that he's going to play out the season as the Chargers starting quarterback. What happened there? Because uh, before Lynn was talking about this is uh, Tyrod Taylor's job when he gets uh, healthy again. Because for us, as someone who works for an NFL team told me earlier today, you have to go by what's in front of you. When your first round pick taking six overall plays at this level, I mean, he's playing not just like a rookie. He's playing like a veteran quarterback. You can't sell it to your veteran players. Hey, I did say I was going to go back to Tyrod, so I'm going to go back to him. So that's the belief, and and I, I give Lynn credit. He did say, look, he saw he, that he needed to see. We all saw it. Herbert outdueled Tom Brady last week. He was incredible. You you can't blame uh, the Charger the Charger offense for losing that game. The defense lost it. Now Brady, I give obviously I give him credit. He brought the team back, but. The fact of the matter is Herbert looked phenomenal. And if you are a Charger fan, Pharrell, you, you can't want to see Tyrod Taylor back there, obviously. You, you want to see Herbert. And he gives him a fighting chance to win on Monday night at the Saints. And so what does uh, Taylor think of all this and his reps? I mean, he's got to be livid. Yeah, first of all, he's got to get cleared. And and it was said very, cl- very clearly today to Anthony Lynn he, that Tyrod's the two. Generally, when coaches go back on the word of, with a veteran player, it doesn't go over very well. You, you, you just talk to any player that's happened to. You should never lose your job due to injury. But let's not forget, Tyrod Taylor was a caddy right here. He was not going to be the starter for very long. He was brought back for one reason, to start until they thought Herbert was ready. That's really what Anthony Lynn said on Thursday. Very, very clear. And 
Tyrod Taylor's just going to have to accept it. He's paid very well, by the way, to be a backup quarterback, one of the highest-paid backup quarterbacks in the league. But it's all about Herbert now. He gives them such a chance to win every week because he's so dynamic and so talented. All right, Adam, let's uh, talk about the seriousness of the Titans situation. Yeah. Uh, You talk to the teams, and there's been talk at one point today about forfeits. And I was thinking, uh, are you kidding me? They're going to make them forfeit the game? What is going on? I don't believe that for a minute. Yeah, so what will happen is, what's going to happen is they're going to, when the NFL's investigation is done, the NFL is going to not only find them, but – it's going to be a very strong suspension, could include, and not limited to, loss of draft picks. As hard as you could you could go after them. Uh, there's video out there. There are pictures of the players practicing together within the last week or so. They're not supposed to do that. This is not a secret. This is well-known in league circles that this happened. Uh, and look, there, the it was made clear to the players. Mike Vrabel talked about it. The head coach of the Titans, he told the media this week, he made it clear to the players, don't do anything you're not supposed to. And they did. So you got that issue. And, and talking to a Titan source uh, within the last 24 hours, I really do sense a frustration that they got off to this 3-0 start. They felt really good about their situation. They didn't have a lot of injuries. And now you're up to 22, 23 players. Michael Pruitt, who's a backup tight end on the reserve COVID list within the last hour, they had a practice squad player go on the reserve COVID list. So you're over 20 players or executives combined that are on the COVID-19 list. And the league has to figure out how this happened. And again, why are we not having outbreaks in other buildings? Because remember, Pharrell, as I told you week one, the way the teams have told me, they're wearing a sensor. When you're in the building and not, if you're a player and not playing, and you're in the building, or you're an executive or a coach, you must wear the sensor. If you get within six feet, it goes off. So you have to have your mask on and you wear the buzzer. You can't get within six feet. So something has been missed by the Titans. That's very, very clear. So what is this uh, in terms of uh, on the Buffalo side doing do like the bills? Like what is their plan about what's happening? And I know your, uh, you know, conversations about Allen are interesting about his accuracy and what he's been doing and the way they've been playing I feel like they're like the Steelers. They were 3-0, and and they got shut down. The Bills are 3-0 and and getting shut down uh, from playing this game. I actually like the Bills in this game going into Tennessee the way they've played. Whether there was COVID or not, I like the Bills. I think they're playing better than the Titans, even though they both have the same record. You think I'm crazy? Tell me about the Buffalo side of everything. Yeah, so, so the, the issue with the Bills is this. They're practicing, by the way. They are practicing this week as if they, because the game has not been postponed yet. Though, obviously, based on where we're at, it's hard to imagine they're going to play the game. But the Bills are practicing like they're playing, and they feel really good about themselves. You and I talked about Mike Tomlin, how he wasn't happy. He declared he wasn't happy. When you're 3 and 0, you want to keep playing. And that's the thing. You have that positive momentum. And looking at the Bills situation, though, I do, I would say one thing. They put one of their top three corners on IR this week, Levi Wallace. And now Tredavious White, one of the best corners in the National Football League, has not practiced through Thursday with a back injury. So we'll see what he does tomorrow or can't do tomorrow. Uh, but the fact of the matter is they are playing very well. And one thing about Josh Allen is this. You know, it's been said in the National Football League, Pharrell, that you can't improve accuracy. Well, don't tell Josh Allen that. He's thrown for over a 70% completion rate, over 70%. No one thought he'd ever get over 60 for a season. This is incredible. And the thing that the... Bills told me is that before the season started in their abbreviated training camp, 
They really worked hard on his downfield accuracy. We knew he had the arm strength, and he's a terrific athlete for the position. He's got great size, high-character guy. But the inaccuracy last season, as one team source said to me, last year we were hoping Josh would complete those passes. Now we expect it. So that's what you're seeing now with Josh Allen. And yet again, another team that can be impacted by the COVID-19 situation, unfortunately, with the Titans. I just want to see him play uh, smarter and more protective in the playoffs. He wins all these regular season games that uh, are significant, but not as such uh, as a playoff game in terms of what he did. He kind of melted down in the game against the Texans and made some really bad mistakes and errors and turned the ball over. I want to see him perform at the highest level in those games. I think that's what they want in Buffalo as well. Let's go to the Buccaneers and Bears uh, tonight. Uh, we got a big game in Chicago, and there's major injury concerns on the Buccaneers' side, Adam. Yeah. What's going to happen is Justin Watson, who's their fourth receiver, won't play. Mike Evans, they're going to see how he feels in pregame warm-ups with his ankle injury. Chris Godwin is out with his hamstring. Scotty Miller has two injuries, but he was able to play through them last week, so he should play tonight. They're very light at wide receiver. And also, Leonard Fournette is not expected to play with his ankle injury. Shady McCoy is out with his injury. So right now, they don't have a lot of players offense for Tom Brady to work with. And remember, OJ OJ Howard have been terrific. Is is done. He's on IR with his Achilles injury. You're gonna have to see more of Gronk. I know that Bruce Arians does not like to use the tight ends very much, but right now you gotta go, you gotta play 12 personnel, two receivers, two tight ends, and, and do it the best you can. Chicago, the talking the Bears yesterday, they felt pretty good about their injury situation, but they got to get Nick Foles playing better. He did not play well last week. And the thing is around the league, when you talk to people about Nick Foles, Pharrell, He's really an excellent backup quarterback, a spot starter for a limited amount of time. And I, and I get that this is the Super Bowl reunion from uh, three years ago, but the fact of the matter is Nick Foles has not been as good as he w- was in that magical season seven years ago under then-head coach Chip Kelly in Kelly's first year where no one could figure out that offense. But the more Nick plays, the more you see that he's just really a backup quarterback. Great person, by the way. And remember – he was actually going to retire until Andy Reid talked him out for being a, a backup quarterback for the Chiefs in 2016. Respectfully, I got about 50 seconds. How do you think Tom Brady's uh, getting into his rhythm? I think he's starting to look better and better. He did. They, they got off to a slow start last week, but man, when he brought them back, he got the job done. I mean, uh, you, you got to give him credit. He, he No matter who's on the field, they're a pass target, and you, you got to really like that. And also one thing, Ronald Jones is playing much better. Their former second-round pick in 2018 at running back. He will carry the load once again tonight versus the Bears. Who do you like in that game? I'm going to go with the Bucs. I know the Bears are the healthiest team, but the Bucs' defense is phenomenal. They've been the story in defense. We told this before the season started. Watch out for Todd Bowles, who I think will be a head coaching candidate over the next year or so now that he's out of the Jets and is with an organization that understands it and, and gets them help on defense. They're one of the more improved defenses in the National Football League. I absolutely like the, the Bucs. We'll see if Brady can muster up some offense tonight. Should be a good game in uh, Chicago, Soldier Field. When we come back, we'll talk about the uh, Chiefs and Raiders, Eagles, Steelers, Jags, Texans, everything going on in Houston, Mets, Cardinals. We got Adam Kaplan, our NFL insider on Coast to Coast. Bagels and bad beats. San Diego is the last team to be complaining about anybody celebrating excessively. I mean, between Machado and Tatis Jr. this year, flipping the bat up in the air. I mean, man, it's just so dopey. The Sports Grid Network. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. That's my dude, uh, Cam Stewart up in Toronto. Check him out on Game Time Decisions. Top of the hour to you, mister. We're talking to Adam Kaplan, our NFL insider. Let's shift to the Raiders and Chiefs at Arrowhead. And I've heard all I can take about it being a rivalry. It's not much of a rivalry when the Chiefs kick their ass every time they play them. And is uh, the you know Raiders banged up going into this game in terms of uh, they got some problems? Are they getting rugs back? What's their situation going into this game Sunday? Yeah, so my understanding is rugs is, is working this week. Uh, still limited in practice, but they're actually optimistic as I understand it. He would be fine for the knee issue. It's really the hamstring issue. He injured it over two weeks ago in practice, and he hasn't played since then. Uh, Brian Edwards won't play. Their other rookie uh, wide receiver, uh, their third-round pick they absolutely love, who should be a full-time starter next season. The Raiders are banged up. Damon Arnett, uh, their first-round pick at corner, he's on injured reserve. They're not really deep at corner. Remember, they tried to sign Eli Apple this offseason. They could not complete the contract. Uh, So he's playing with the Panthers. The, the 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 Chiefs, I'll say this, Bill Belichick and the Patriots absolutely shut down their offense. No one handles the Chiefs like Belichick did. I mean, did a phenomenal job, but they still won the Chiefs. They should have no problem against a, a really a, a less than average defense. The Raiders are better than they were defensively last season. They just don't have the talent at corner. Their pass rush has not been there this season, save for that game against the Saints. I don't see any way this game is even within 10 points. The, the, the Chiefs have absolutely no problems and gets to beat up Raider to offense and defense. All right, so where are your Eagles heading into Heinz Field on Sunday against the Steelers? Are they getting uh, Jackson back, or are these guys practicing? What about Jeffrey? All these big high-priced receivers that never play. Yeah, you and I have talked about Alshon Jeffrey, but here's an interesting thing about Jeffrey. Yeah, he didn't practice today, but because of an illness, and the foot was not even listed on the injury report, which is strange to me because it, he's been listed every day that he's been on the injury report with a foot injury. So we'll see what he does tomorrow. If he's not on the injury report with the foot and he practices tomorrow, he should play Sunday at the Steelers. Deshaun Jackson with, what I'm told, a grade one hamstring strain. He's still limited by it. They need him. But the story of last week was the guy who filled in for Jeffrey at the exposition. That's Travis Fulgham, a six-foot-three receiver. Well, only one school recruited him. That's Old Dominion. He didn't really grow up playing football because he, he was not born in this country. And he's only been playing football since high school. 
and he got called on about Carson Wentz. Fulgham said after the game, Wentz said, he told him in the huddle, hey, be ready. This could be coming to you. And it did. He made it, he, he caught the game-winning touchdown, a bomb. He also caught a 15-yarder on a nice route. He's a little bit raw, but he did a great job. And you have to wonder why the Lions cut him. But I'm, I'm told that he did with the Lions. He didn't have an, a lot of urgency, but he sure does now after he cut, being cut by the Lions and the Packers. But overall for the Eagles, man, they still only scored 70, 17 points on offense last week. I don't see it against their Steelers. I, I think they get blown out. I, I, I did pick the Niners to win last week, but though it might rain on Sunday, though, check your, your weather reports. But right now, as of late Thursday, uh, rain is in the forecast, and that could only help the Eagles' defense because their secondary is not good, but their pass rush has been fierce. Brantley just hit a, a home run to right center, and the Astros' lead is 6-4. Laureano has two home runs, a three-run shot, and a solo shot to bring him within one. Now Brantley hits one to right center. It's a two-run game again uh, with the A's trailing the Astros. Steelers getting Deontay Johnson back. Juju's knee uh, looks like he'll be good to go. Let's talk about the Jaguars and Texans now. Bottom line is... What do you know about the end of, of days for Bill O'Brien and these fights he was getting in with J.J. Uh, Watt? And, you know, you and I have talked about this. Uh, the, the reputation of this guy at the end is not looking real clean with players. No, listen, you and I talked when the story broke on Monday. And I've known about his shouting matches with players. And O'Brien's actually a good coach. But the problem is he's got a temper. This is not a secret. I, I talked to you about the Brock Osweiler situation where you know, people I talked to with the Texans who were there then said they had shouting matches behind closed doors you know, more than once, let's say. And then you fast forward to now. You mentioned J.J. Watt. The way he was explaining to me with Watt, he said things needed to change around here. Now, he wasn't. He didn't say O'Brien. This is before O'Brien got fired. But the, the word I had heard is he did not like the way things were going. He was frustrated like the other players were about why they weren't winning. The offense completely has regressed. You and I talked about, and we, by the way, when we talked about this week one, it was so obvious. You traded away your best offensive weapon other than the quarterback, in DeAndre Hopkins. You get a third-round pick, and you get David Johnson, a 29-year-old running back who's on the bottom side of his career. That's all you get for the NFL's best receiver? Well, that contributed to the long list of issues why the owner, Cal McNair, decided not to fire him after the season or wait to the bye week. He did it now, and he just saw the morale of the team, which was bad. Their defense has been pitiful, by the way. It's been awful. That's the thing. Watson's inaccuracy or, or sort of being up and down, and their defense has completely regressed for all. This is a very bad football team that should be way better. They've spent a lot of money, and they've not gotten the quantum returns that they're looking for through four weeks. Are they going to uh, take their time on this hire, Adam, and let yeah. Romeo finish the season and not do anything uh, in the middle now until the end in terms of hiring? And do you know anything about their thinking of, of like where they want to go here and timing and, and such? Yep. Yeah, the way it works is this. The word around the league is that they're going to get a list together, probably offensive coaches. Why to work with Deshaun Watson to keep him going? Like a Eric Bieniemy, who's done phenomenal work. I know he doesn't call the place with the Chiefs. He's their OC. A former player you might remember from Colorado and Chargers, Bengals, and Eagles. Bieniemy is the top head coaching candidate this year. And that's a guy you got to look at. And Josh McDaniels, who's a great quarterback developer. Remember, he turned down the chance to be the Niners head coach 
2017, which went to uh, uh, Kyle Shanahan. So when you look at this situation, it's going to be an offensive head coach, almost certainly. But remember, the the Texans cannot talk to any coaches under contract. They could only talk to fired coaches if they wanted to. But Romeo Cornell, the interim head coach, will finish out the season as the head coach. That's not in question. But this, the only benefit you really have of firing Bill Ryan now is you get you don't have to rush because of the the mad rush is going to be in week sixteen or seventeen, and as we know, other coaches will be fired, and you get the head start on those teams that are going to do it. So let's talk about uh, Joe Flacco. How do you think he's going to do this week against Arizona? Uh, you've been reporting that he's looked really good, like in uh, practice and such, and he was in the game for one series couple of plays but now we're going to get a look at him yeah the the hard the hard thing with Flacco is this while I'm told he looked great in in training camp when he was allowed to practice but he couldn't take contact the issue is who's around him I'm told Brashad Perriman their starting receiver his ankle injury is significant that is why he will not play this week he hasn't practiced since he suffered what I was told was a pretty significant ankle injury it's not an eight-week injury but it's significant enough that it's going to be three weeks or more, and this is the third week. Uh, they're they're very light at receiver. They did get Jamison Crowder back. They don't run the ball well. They have a very average offensive line. Though they've made some upgrades. This is a well below average offense. They're not even getting Chris Hernan involved. The hope is here, though. Chris Hernan, who the Jets thought would have a breakout season because he had a great training camp, he would be the guy that is going to be go to guy to Flacco. Remember, he loves throwing the tight end. You m- might remember Dennis Pitta, who retired. He loved working with that guy. And believe me, the tight end should be used on Sunday against the Cardinals. The Cardinals will get Buda Baker back from his thumb surgery and safety. The Cardinals last week were that, their top three safeties. So they're going to get one, if not two, back this week against the Jets. We've had a lot of quarterbacks. Uh, seven teams now have changed quarterbacks due to injury or COVID-19 or yep. just playing bad. Uh, the Chargers injury, Washington performance with Haskins, Chicago performance, Jets injury, Niners injury, Denver injury, and uh, Patriots COVID. Um, what did you think when you saw Haskins lost his job? Were you surprised? No, I wasn't because he's played poorly past week one. He played well week one, but he's not played well since then. It's really obvious when, when you look at the situation. Ron Rivera trade for Kyle Allen, who was his backup quarterback, who started a little bit for the Panthers when Newton was hurt. Cam Newton was hurt. So he trades for him here. Remember, Ron has personnel control. He didn't draft Dwayne Haskins. He's no allegiance to him. But the thing that surprised, there's only one thing that surprised me. Haskins will be the number three quarterback. Like they've demoted him so far, he won't even probably dress it. Alex Smith, who's done a great job coming back from his horrific injury, he's the number two quarterback. But the one thing that Ron Rivera said for all that was interesting, he left the door open for Haskins to get the job, and he was asked by the media, well, if you guys are clearly not in the, the, the race to, to win the division because the, the division's a joke, but if you not made this change, he, he kind of said, yes, I may not have done it. So basically, because they're still in it, they're just they just want to win and they want to get the t- they want to get the fans interested. So that's really not the way you should do these things. But I, I applaud Ron Rivera for being honest. It's just not it's a little bit unorthodox. But again, remember this fans. He didn't draft this quarterback. So, it, so quite frankly, he's not his guy right now. It, it's Kyle Allen who he traded for. So uh, Lamar Jackson has missed the last couple of days uh, of practice with the knee. Anything to be worried about? Well, today they added illness to it. So that to me, and we're seeing this a lot, players just simply because of COVID, and we don't know what this issue is with the illness, but he didn't practice today. 
as long as he takes limited reps tomorrow with that listed knee, he'll play on Sunday. But you just got to see what happens tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow's a key day. But as long and by the way, you just hope it's it's just your regular twenty four hour issue and whatever he's feeling that he's back to practice. We'll see tomorrow. All right, Adam. Great stuff. Enjoy the uh, Bears and Buccaneers game tonight. I'll see you again on a pain-free Friday tomorrow on Coast to Coast. We'll get everything in for every game, every team, all the injuries, all the updates, all the news. Our NFL insider, Adam Kaplan. Thanks, Adam. Great job, buddy. You got it. Thank you. All right, so Pete Carroll and the Seahawks looking to go to 5-0 and before the bye against the Vikings. Jamal Adams is going to be out of that game with that groin injury still. So we got you up to date on everything in the NFL. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. So the Braves beat the Marlins 7-0 for the sweep. Uh, That was ugly. And the Astros now lead 7-4. Over the A's in the bottom of the fifth, two outs. They got a runner at first. Reddick's up. They had a Brantley homer to make it 6-4. And then uh, Correa, single to left. Bregman scored to make it 7-4. Loriano had hit his second home run of the day to bring them within uh, one at 5-4. The A's were down a run. But then Brantley, the homer to right, 408 feet. And then Correa, the RBI. Correa's had a big game, a three-run homer. So remember yesterday in the seventh inning, it was seven to four Astros when they imploded and the A's went on to score five runs and win nine to seven. So let's see what happens today. They got two on, two out right now, the Astros in that uh, fifth inning. All right, Carver High, more NFL skinny. We never have enough pain day information for the fans. No, we never do. Let's start with tonight's game. You guys covered the injury angle of it. Uh, Let's hear from Bears coach Matt Nagy, Scotty. He says that patience is needed with Foles running the offense. Maybe it's just that his offense stinks. Here's Nagy, Scotty. Is this going to take a little bit of time? Yes, it is. It's going to take some time. And so that's where us uh, as, as coaches and as players, as long as we understand that, but also know that there's a inability to to know that there we need to get on this as soon as we can whatever that is and score points that's the ultimate goal so whatever that is uh we need to do that and we we know that the time is now we feel like we're in a good position at being three and one right now and we don't want to lose sight of that but we we know too that that uh you know we want to we want to continue to just try to score as many points as possible well, they looked bad last week, and they looked good against the Falcons, but the Falcons are atrocious. So who are we to believe? Are we to believe that the Bears are better with Foles than with Trubisky? I think tonight we get the final report card. You're going to know tonight when you watch the Bears play at Soldier Field if Foles is good or not, uh, because the bottom line is you heard Adam Kaplan. Bottom line is the guy is a glorified high price backup. Uh, I've never believed he was that great. I thought, and I've said this, that he had just an incredible day. You know, he got lucky and got to play in the Super Bowl and then had an amazing day, which is 
you know, anyone's capable of having an amazing day, even if they're not the greatest player in the world. They could have a moment like this Azarena guy. Are you kidding me? No one's ever heard of him, and he's hitting 650 in the playoffs. Uh, the guy's going off. Darno, he was terrible with the Mets. Now the guy's raking, and, and he's like an MVP for the Braves. Guy's hitting home runs, driving in runs. You never know when a guy like Foles is going to have a big day, then get rich off of it, and then – Go back to being average because I think that's who he is. He's been just an average quarterback ever since that Super Bowl against Tom Brady, who he's facing tonight. And Brady, it's unbelievable that this guy is still doing what he's doing because I don't think anybody thought he was going to go down there and dominate or kick ass and take names. But he's starting to get better by the week, and that team is getting better, and it's because of Tom Brady. And so three and a half the line right now, Scotty, tonight. You like the Bucks or the Bears tonight? I like, uh, well, I got it at five and a half when it opened up, and I think the Bucks will beat them, but I think the Bears will cover on the back end. I don't like it as much at three and a hook. I'm not going to change my pick. I middled it. So Bucks win, Bears cover. But I think at three and a half, I think the Bucks can win that game by four or five. That five and a hook is the difference for me. Let's go to the Browns now. They are off to the three and one start after the win at Dallas last week. Baker Mayfield, Scotty, our buddy, he says, we cannot get ahead of ourselves no matter what the record says. Here's Baker. For me, it's not very hard at all. Um, just on to the next one. Uh, the, the most important game is always the next one. Um, I wasn't here for all that. Uh, I, was, I was here to change it, uh, and that's what I'm doing. I'm not worried about the negative. I'm only worried about getting better and improving uh, and you know, pushing this franchise forward. Listen, I think they've been uh, playing fantastic football. So this is a huge test for them, in my opinion, on Sunday. A, they're at home, which, you know, no fans, whatever, but they're at home. They're in their building, and uh, they're taking on a team with a really good defense, and now I think they have a quarterback and a running game with Taylor and Rivers. Uh, the bottom line is the Colts look like they're a complete football team. They both come in 3-1, and one, and the Colts are actually favored in Cleveland. So let's see what Baker Mayfield and, and – Beckham and company are made of, uh, they need to win this game and go to four and one. And then they're going to have a lot more people jumping on that bandwagon. You and Adam were talking about Dwayne Haskins no longer being the quarterback for Washington. Here is head coach Ron Rivera explaining the decision. This is not an indictment on, on Dwayne as much as an indictment on the situation circumstances that we are in. You know, he did not have the benefit of OTAs in minicamp. He didn't have the benefit of four preseason games to work through things. And because of that, he's behind um, in his development in the system. And, and again, it's, it, it's an unfortunate situation. Uh, but, you know, as we go through the first four games and look at them and break them down and, you know, I visit with the coaches, talk to the coaches, go through the, 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 the games with the coaches and the things that happen, you know, it, it's just one of those things that, that he needs more time. Actually, in Portuguese, what that means is is that Dwayne sucks and he got benched. <laughs> Bottom line is, I don't want to hear he doesn't know the offense. Uh, he played in all these games. He played last year, and now, oh, Rivera wasn't there, so now they have this new complicated offense. You're telling me uh, that Kyle Allen is the answer? Haven't we been down this road before with Kyle Allen? And Alex Smith is backing him up? I mean, if I'm Haskins, here's what I'm doing right now. Boom. Agent, hello. Get me the hell out of here. Get me out of here. I'm not third string Jack. So get me out of here. I don't care where you send me. I'll go to Jacksonville. I'll back up 
uh, anybody, but I'm not third string anywhere. Get me out of here. Screw this. I don't believe a word that Rivera said right now. He's imagining things. He benched him because he sucks. Let's go to Buffalo now with Josh Allen. We heard Brett Favre the other day say that he's ready to take over the AFC East. Also, Scotty, another uh, scenario on the table for this game. I don't think they're going to play on Sunday. You heard Cam mention it earlier. They may play the game Tuesday if the Titans can get their act together. That would potentially push the Bills' Thursday night game against Kansas City to Saturday, Scotty. So they're doing a lot of potential shuffling with the schedule. Here is Josh Allen. He doesn't want to hear the praise yet. There is a lot more work to do. This isn't just me doing it, though. It's It's been a small army between Dable and Dorsey and, and the front office bringing the guys that they've brought in and in the offseason, you know, working with Jordan Palmer and having guys like Sam and Kyle to compete with, uh, you know, on the field. And, um, you know, it's it's been a long process. Obviously, and I still got a long way to go. There's no no way in, in you know, no way that I'm saying I'm, I'm arrived or I'm there. I'm, um, I, I, you know, I know I continue to work on stuff and uh, keep finding ways where I can try to be the best quarterback, best teammate I can be for the Bills. I was going to take the Bills against the Titans. And if they play Tuesday, I'm still going to take them. And then uh, the Chiefs game. Where is that Chiefs game supposed to be? That game is in Buffalo. So it's supposed to be next next Thursday's game. Yeah. I'd still take Kansas City over him. But uh, I think Josh Allen's been great. I think the Bills are, for me, you know, a lot of people think it's the Ravens. And uh, it's not. It's the Chiefs and the Bills, and we're going to see a preview possibly of an AFC championship game right there. In fact, uh, not only do I think the Bills are better uh, than the Ravens, uh, I think the Steelers are too. So we'll see how that plays out when they play them twice because uh, it uh, proofs in the pudding. But I saw the Ravens, and I mean to tell you, they look like mayonnaise against the Chiefs. Uh, they look uh, just absolutely creamy. And I'm telling you, they were not good at all. They're boring. So whatever. You think that offense is good? Keep telling yourself that. Let's go to the Jets now, Scotty. They play the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday at home. They will not have Sam Darnold. Shoulders still hurting him from last week against Denver. They will have Joe Flacco. He is going to quarterback. And, what? Scotty, believe it or not, Joe still thinks that he has a lot left in the tank. Here's Flacco. I feel like I do. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm sure people have opinions on those things, but um, you know, I'm excited about getting out there and playing football. I, you know, I think I have a lot left. I want to go out there and I, I want to show my teammates that I can play and I want to be there for them. So yeah. So yeah, he basically said he's auditioning for other teams still. Your boy Joe still thinks he's got uh, half a tank left. <laughs> he's ready yeah. to go. Well. I can't wait to see how he does against Zona. And remember, they're getting six and a hook. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how much Joe has left in the tank uh, on Sunday for the Jets. Let's go to the Eagles now, Scotty, and cornerback Darius Slay. With all that's been going on with the Titans and the COVID situation, he says that the league probably shouldn't have even started this year, but the Eagles as an organization are doing an excellent job keeping the players safe. Here is Slay. No, it's not going to be easy, man. It's going to take all of us. You know, my, my true opinion, you know, I felt like we shouldn't even have one, you know, just because of what was going on. You know, uh, that's a difficult time, you know. But uh, like I say, you know, we all make sacrifices, and uh, we made them. So, uh, you know, um, but other than that, you know, you know, I think our, I think our, t- our staff and um, and our team and our and, uh, and the Eagles are doing a great job of just, you know, securing us, um, making sure we're doing And uh, I think everybody's kind of committed, you know, uh, to doing their job to make sure we be able to play Sunday. So, uh, you know, 
you know, we will continue to keep knocking on wood. We ain't have a sickness here yet, so uh, you know, we could continue to keep um providing, find a find a way. Look, uh, I think they're going to be in this game with the Steelers. I thought they looked uh, like a completely different team against the Niners. And remember, they didn't lose the game to the Bengals. They should have won that game. They didn't lose. They ended up with a tie. They're in first in the East. So this would really help them in an enormous way, if you ask me, if they were able to go to Heinz Field and beat the Steelers. I think a lot of people – now, look, I just said the Steelers are better than the Ravens. I think the Steelers' defense is legit. I think Roethlisberger is no joke. I think the receivers are getting a job done. They got a running game, too. The Steelers have – and coaching – a complete football team. There's no doubt about it. But like in the Denver game, uh, they you know started getting ugly in that game, and they let them back in the game. I could see them messing around with the Eagles on Sunday for sure. Every time they play the Eagles over the years, it's been a a scene. So it's never easy. I think you know this battle at Pennsylvania, the you know Keystone State, whatever you want to call it. I think the Eagles will be in the game. I think Pittsburgh barely wins that game. I think that number's too high. And tomorrow, Scotty, we will run through that game and all of them on a football Friday. Also tomorrow night, we do have potentially the last NBA game for a little while. Uh, game five, NBA finals, right. Lakers Lakers, and Heat. Uh, right now, Scotty, and here's how you know, they're going for the kill tomorrow. They're going with the Black Mamba jerseys tomorrow night, which are awesome. You love the Black Mamba jerseys that the Lakers wear. Uh, right now, minus seven and a half for the Lakers for game five. Do they end it tomorrow? We'll do more on this tomorrow, but do you think they end it, Scotty? I do think they end it tomorrow. It's all over but the shouting. They smell blood. And I have to say, I have a lot of Kobe uh, shoes, and I love uh, Kobe uh, basketball shoes, but they they really have skyrocketed in price since he died. It's it's (laughs) highly unfortunate. I got to tell you, it's a real shame that I can't afford the Kobe's anymore. The other night, Davis wore the new Kobe's, in the game that they won uh, and they didn't cover because of that hero dagger three backdoor bad beat special uh, bagels and bad beats. Anyway, uh, all I know is that hero Jay crushed me and uh, the price of Kobe's crushes me and uh, they're going to, they're going to win tomorrow night and then they're going to give it all to Kobe. That's what's going to happen. It's going to be a Kobe festival tomorrow night when they win that championship. Cause you know, they're circling the wagons. Now they can smell the blood. It's over. They're like sharks. When you throw all that carcass out in the water, that's what's going to happen. Here come the sharks. They're going to eat it alive. And uh, and they they probably got all their bags packed at the hotel there in Disney too, Scotty. They're all looking to finally go home after two plus months in the bubble. Uh, tomorrow I have some really good LeBron playoff numbers for you. We'll give you those before the game. Lawrence Frank of the Clippers, Scotty, Executive of the Year in the NBA. Hey, that's not bad. He was a good coach, I thought, in Jersey, and now a top shelf executive. Nice job, Lawrence. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, uh, so this former uh, WNBA player that everybody thought was missing, uh, Cappy uh, Pondexter, she played several years in the league. She used to average about 16 a clip. Played with the Liberty for a long time. Uh, Played for Phoenix. Apparently, they found her. She's been uh, arrested this week on battery charges in Los Angeles and was released today by the Popo. So everybody was looking for 
her and now they know where she was and that just does not sound like a good situation at all i don't know anything about her really other than uh what i just told you so i just thought i'd uh relay the information and carver what's the story with baylor football they've shut down uh the entire football operation right now because of covid yeah it sounds like they've got some positive cases down there baylor they're supposed to play next week against oklahoma state uh, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, you never know with any of these teams now. A week and a half, maybe they'll try to figure out if they can play. All right, Spain and Portugal announced a joint bid to host the 2030 World Cup. Anywhere but Qatar, uh, I'm all for. <laughs> Investigation opened on match fixing at the French Open. Now they tell us, as they're in the semis and finals, yeah. they now tell us that there's cheating in tennis. Uh, unbelievable. Tom Brady close to buying a $7.5 million mansion in Tampa. As long as everybody's getting their mansions. Uh, LeBron bought one for $37 in Beverly Hills. Brady's got a new waterfront crib. Christian McCaffrey and model girlfriend Olivia Culpo uh, buy a $7.5 million home in Charlotte. I hear their home is a lot nicer than Tom Brady's. (laughs) One in four singles had relations with their roommate in the lockdown. A new survey has come out that there was a lot of romper room going on uh, with people they don't even like. They're like, I don't even like you. I'm not a fan of you. You make me sick, but we're stuck here, so let's get naked. Uh, this is what's happening everywhere. It's it's crazy. These kids are kooky. Mike Pence's eye last night. What's with your eye? <laughs> he had the bloody eye going, and uh, he had a fly landing on his head. That was better than that crappy debate, I got to tell you. Flies and bloody eyes. See you tonight on the bench. Game time next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Contact World is a technology and media company dedicated to improving public health. And our podcast is our opportunity to dive into hot topics that are relevant to you from contact tracing to vaccines to social and racial justice. We may not have all the answers, but you deserve to know what goes on in your neighborhood and the decisions that affect you and your family's health. I'm Justin Beck. Join me and my co-host, Catherine and Deep D, as we seek truth in health. Listen to Contact World, the podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.